I think I've always liked feeling strong. My work is very sedentary. When you uh, are working in theater, you sit. Uh, and you sit literally eight, ten hours a day. You get up, you take a break. When there's an equity break, otherwise you're sitting. So outside of that, I liked being active and I liked being strong. And I also noticed over time, the stronger I was, the healthier I was. Inform Nation, welcome to the Inform Fitness Podcast with Adam Zickerman and friends. I'm Tim Edwards with the Inbound Podcasting Network, and this is episode 40 of the Inform Fitness Podcast. Am I the only one clapping that we made it to 40? Yes, you're the only one clapping. We're excited, though. I have coffee in my hands. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm holding coffee. I can't clap. I'm not being rude. One hand clapping. I am really excited about this, and no no better person than to have Annie Wrightson with us on our 40th time. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a long-term client with a tremendous success story. We know her a long time. I forget how long, but she'll tell you. And uh, yeah. how long? 15 there years. She is. Yeah, 15 years, 2002. Yeah, she's been here for 15 years, has an incredible story, and that's why I wanted her to be a guest on the podcast. She's a, oh. a theatrical lighting designer, and she works all across the country and even in uh, in Europe and Australia occasionally. And uh, But she uh, is most known for, uh, she did the lights for August Osage County on Broadway. A Tony and, uh, nominated work wow. on wow. August she, Osage She was nominated County. for a Tony Award for uh, lighting you. design and got us <laughs> f- fourth row tickets. Uh, yes, she did. It was a phenomenal play. But anyway. It felt so cool. Yeah, I know somebody cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we know the lighting designer. Yeah. We know the lighting designer. We were, we were like, you know. That's a true artist, yeah. actually. No no cool. it, was, it was a fantastic, she and she's she so talented, and I've seen lots of her. Uh, she's showed me a lot of the photographs of some of her work over the years, too, and so Annie, it's a pleasure to have her here. Annie, would you um, share with us some of the of the other productions that you've had a hand in? Let me think. Recently, um, I did a show at Steppenwolf called Here. I'm about to go to Steppenwolf in Chicago and do another show called uh, The Rembrandt. Most of my work is outside of New York mm-hmm. and around the country. Um, I work in Portland, Cleveland, Atlanta, Hartford, everywhere. It's not always easy to have a steady kind of diet of New York theater. Sure. So you work everywhere. Have you ever worked in L.A., Annie? I have. I, I actually did an, uh, another Broadway show called Souvenir, which went to the playhouse in brentwood oh okay um in 2006 i think it might have been um but la doesn't have a huge theater um community uh so it's uh oddly enough yeah so it's a little harder about hollywood that's more new york and chicago yeah it is yeah yep it is well annie um what made you walk in our door back in 2002 um, I was training, I, I've been training myself and with at home trainers for a long time. When I was 32, I think I took up weightlifting, free weightlifting on my own. And then, uh, then I graduated to having you know, a trainer come to the house. So this was a person who came to the house, Lori Jackson. Um, and she then started coming here to train here and become a teacher. And she thought this protocol was suited for me. I have scoliosis, so I have issues of being able to get like both hands down on the floor behind me 
and I, um, she was concerned over time that I was losing a lot of flexibility and mobility. So she thought this would help that. And over the course of 15 years, that certainly has. This method, the slow weight training. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just for strength and I think for, um, especially for strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also want to just let everyone know, uh, Annie is 67, <laughs> and she looks what? a lot younger oh, than 67. Man, right? Yes. That. I mean, awesome. She is... You know, she is a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> and, uh, That's amazing. And, you know, incredible performance when she's working out. So, so wh- what do you think has made you stay here, stay here for so long? Um, like, what what about the workout is really have you been able to stick with? Um, I think I've always liked feeling strong. My work is very sedentary. When you uh, are working in theater, you sit uh, and you sit literally eight, ten hours a day. You get up, you take a break when there's an equity break. Otherwise, you're sitting. Um, So outside of that, I liked being active and I liked being strong. And I also noticed over time, the stronger I was, the healthier I was. Um, Because sometimes, especially in... um, during technical rehearsals when you're working really long hours and you're in a cold theater and you're putting stuff up. I, I know so many designers, especially lighting designers, who get sick every single time they do uh, a tech rehearsal. And um, I don't. I, I really don't. So I worked kind of hard over time to not get sick right. while you I feel work. Like monitoring your health and being yeah. strong is the, you think that that is the reason why. It's part of yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. Um, how do you think being strong has helped you in your personal life and professional life beyond what you just said? Well, I also, uh, I have a family history of arthritis. I had a hip replacement, um, eight years ago. So part of it was also just, um, Staying strong on both sides of my body so that I don't impact uh, the other good hip I have, the only other good hip I have. And so far, I do have arthritis in it, but I have no pain at all. So I th- in 2009, I got a hip replacement, and then I started to do Pilates. Um, I my right hip had not been replaced yet, and I was so and I was very hobbled on the right side. But I started Pilates. The doctor, the orthopedist said, stay strong. So I thought, well, I need to stay strong in a way that's kind of controlled and and focused. So besides still lifting on uh, doing strength training here, I added Pilates, and um, I've done Pilates since. So I do uh, I do a mix of walking, jogging, uh, a couple days a week, Pilates a couple days a week, and strength training once a week or sometimes twice a week. That sounds like exactly what I've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> I love Pilates. I just added it myself. I love yeah. it. It's a great uh, act. It's a great in conjunction with the strength training. It's yeah. perfect. It really is. How yeah, about when really you're is. on the road, uh, how do you factor this workout into your schedule while you're touring or traveling? On the road, I do not do strength training. Uh, sometimes I will find a Pilates studio, but my time's really short. Um, and I am an early morning person, so I tend to get up at 5, 5.30, and I will walk. And I will generally walk. Um, outside is where, uh, is my favorite. So I will walk in almost any city 
and any most cities have either nice greenways or or bicycle paths or canal paths that I can find to walk outside. In the wintertime, harder and harder to do. So I try to find a, um, a gym. It's my least favorite thing to do, but uh, at least I can do it on a treadmill. So I, I keep that up for the two weeks I'm on the road. I heard you calculate how many of these strength training workouts you do in a year here. How many were they again? Well, I, yes, I was looking before. We've been monitoring with our with our system back to it goes back to about two thousand and five, and she's done three hundred and thirty sessions between two thousand and five and two thousand seventeen. That averages to uh, oh, just under twenty eight per year. So, and that kind of makes sense. Twenty eight a year, just a little bit more than half the year. Yeah, and uh, you know, so do you feel you've gotten weaker in the last uh, since you've been coming here? Weaker? Yeah. No. All right, so think about that. She's been only working out 26 times a year, strength training, and she does not feel weaker. So I guess it's working enough. Well, I mean, you, it, you know what's you know, interesting is we were talking the other things she's doing. We were yeah. talking before. Like I, I mean, really, Annie is 67, looks phenomenal, and is very, very strong. I mean, I would put her in the top, like, one percent of anybody who is in her age range, like over sixty, I'm just going to go down to sixty and above, and and even way below that. But it, what's interesting is when we were talking about that before, Annie, you were comparing yourself to your like your thirty five year old self, right? And uh, I actually think I'm stronger than I was when I was thirty. Now that oh, is the testimonial go. right there, you know. I actually do. But I also think because of Pilates, it's just that I feel stronger from like head to toe mm -hmm. instead of just because when I started, when I was 32, I started free weights and I did free weights. I kind of, I got a book. I figured out a routine. I did abs. I did arms. I did legs. But I think over time, because this is a much more kind of complete workout strength training and Pilates also adds to that. So I just feel like my the strength of my body is much more cohesive and and much more complete than it, than it felt at 35. In regards to when you were doing free weights, did you feel uh, I mean with the way you were doing them did you feel it was unsafe the way you did it or did you felt like it was okay? Oh, um, good question. And then comparing it to this, yeah. this, the setting you're in it right now. It probably was I would say it probably was un, unsafe. I mean, I, I had a weight bench. I monitored myself. I, I did my own routines. I probably did them too fast. But uh, I did them, and I, and I did them religiously, and I liked them mm -hmm. a lot. But, uh, oh, I would say they probably were unsafe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I never hurt myself doing them, but uh, I you, think I was lucky. And it seems like you never felt like you were putting yourself in harm's way. Yeah. Not you know, certainly consciously, not ch consciously. Chances are you probably, were you, how intense was the workout? How hard were you pushing yourself? Well, I don't, that's a good question. I would do like three sets of, you know, 10 reps. I would do the one that I thought probably was the one I could have hurt myself on was Roman chairs. I would mm -hmm. put a weight on my chest, hook my feet under my couch, mm -hmm. and I would like go all the way back and up mm -hmm. on a bench. And I would oh, do gosh. that. The old back my, extension. I yeah, and I, I would do. I love those, but yeah, <laughs> I, I so don't think that was safe. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> in any way. Well, that's it. Mean, there's a lot of people who do a lot of things that they actually really enjoy yeah. until it yeah. hurts you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What's uh, really remarkable, though, over the last few years, um, are some of the changes you've had with your weight 
and the focus the, that we've really put into that is obviously you've gotten stronger and you've felt stronger over the years. And then, so what happened a few years ago? What did you, what were you thinking about and why did you? Uh, well, I noticed when I was around 63, 64, that it was harder and harder to take off um, holiday weight from Thanksgiving, Christmas. I would usually put on five pounds, usually five to seven pounds. And previously, I could take it off pretty well, but it's still, weight loss for me is always slow and, and kind of methodical, like one pound a week, sometimes a little less than that. But I noticed around 63, 64, I couldn't get it off at all. It was taking me months to take off two pounds. And um, so again, uh, my friend Lori had found a nutritionist that she liked a lot. Who And I had encountered other nutritionists that I was never very impressed with. But Lori really liked this person. So I um, signed on to with Lisa Jubilee. And um, I changed entirely what I ate. Uh, went to organic. Went Because I have arthritis in my hands. Um, and I treat it with a lot of remedies and a lot of n- not... Uh, medication but remedies um i went gluten-free i went dairy-free um and ate mostly a high fat high protein low carb diet and i did it for well i still do it but over the course of a year i lost 15 pounds so i went from about 145 down to 130 131 with the same exercise regimen. One With the same exercise regimen. Pilates once or twice a week yep. and walking the, like a little intermittent walk yep. jog type of thing. Yeah. I plateaued at around 135 and had a really, really hard time getting below that. So Lisa suggested I do um, informed fitness twice a week because that kind of training kind of ramps up your metabolism and and the ability to burn fat more efficiently. I think for you the that you know something finding out that dosage, you know, we we advocate it once a week or twice a week and it depends on the person and their health and how intense they can actually the intensity they can tolerate and a lot of different variables, but um and it's you know people ask us all the time which you know, should I come once a week or should I come twice a week? And sometimes we don't really know. Some people, uh, they get the results you're talking about doing it once a week. And, you know, what's interesting, one of the things I, I want to just make sure it uh, gets mentioned is what I admire about Annie is she is so focused and she's very patient with what I refer to as the troubleshooting process, you know, figuring out like what's, what is the, the, the way to, to your results because it actually isn't the exact same frequency or the same exact nutrient intake per person. And not only uh, that, but it changes for you. It changes and, you for yourself. As yeah, correct. On. And it changes yeah, possibly, at different times anyway. in your life. Exactly. And yeah. it's, but uh, what I, I think a lot of people, they throw their arms up in the air. They may get results for a week or two weeks. And then all of a sudden, wait a second, it plateaus or then it stops. And then they throw their arms up in the air and give up on right. the process of which may involve a lot of different things. We talked about Adams over the last few podcasts as well, uh, which he's, you know, made, Tremendous gains, but it's a process. <laughs> yeah, but it is a what, process. And that's the thing. I just wanted to like. I think it's amazing how uh, you know we've figured out like a two times was actually appropriate for you. And yeah, it's a really excellent point. I mean, uh, I I can't tell you that that is the, the secret to success. 
And the word is patience. And one word is patience. And being willing to try something and, and stick it out because you don't know if something works if you just do it for a week. I mean, this is something that takes time. And, uh, and, and realism, patience and realism are the two things. I mean, understanding what a pound is, you know, and, and that just because you lost a pound in two weeks and you're frustrated by that. So you lost a pound every two weeks for yeah. a year. Yeah. All right. You know, you're talking, you lost 25 pounds. That's, that, that's major. Yeah. That's major. Yeah. You know, consistently. And the thing is, it might take some time to find what works for you. And again, patience. Patience. And, and what you said before, Adam, it changes in the different phases of your life. What worked for you on, when you were in your change. 30s or 40s? Exactly. It, all of a sudden, you're like, it doesn't work anymore. And I've been you going have to be yeah. observant enough and patient again enough to, to, to and willing to make certain changes and try certain changes. And it's a testament to you, Annie, because like you know, we can we can give you all the information, all the guidance in the world, but but for you to have the patience and to actually do it is is we don't see it very often. Yeah, we don't oh, see it cool. enough. We don't see it enough. It's, and it and it really worked. That's, it, it, the, it was the it was the the silver bullet for me that literally got me past one thirty five and down to like one thirty. Um, it took it took a while, but as they've said, I, I'm I'm willing to be patient about it. And I noticed I also noticed doing this twice a week. I strength ramped up that I noticed. I could notice. I just noticed, you know, because I do other exercises at home, and I just noticed just the ability to do them changed, definitely changed. And how many days in between your two routines do you have? Oh, I we usually would Monday, do Thursdays Monday, Thursday, Friday yeah, Tuesday, mm-hmm. Friday. Oh, and reasonable. I changed um I changed up my Pilates routine so that I wasn't back to back because I, right. I have a hard time if I'm back to back exercising coming here is is gets pretty hard to do. You know, the, yeah. another another thing that uh um is breaking through that plateau for mm. you is interesting and uh, and intermittent fasting was an element too, oh, yeah. wasn't it? In, in, I, and familiar. I still basically mm-hmm. do intermittent fasting. I um, so I eat for about I eat eight hours out of twenty four. So I basically do not eat breakfast. I get mm-hmm. up early. Um, so I'm a five a.m. riser. So I eat lunch at eleven or eleven thirty because I'm hungry by then. <laughs> but I'll have um, almonds maybe if I need to kind of have something at like eight thirty or nine, and then. I'll eat lunch at 11 and dinner at around 7. Mm-hmm. And basically that's about it. Is that, um, is that 7 days a week or uh, or like 5 days a week? Oh, probably probably 6 to 7 6 to 7 days a week. Mm-hmm. Sometimes on the weekend I'm a little looser and I eat breakfast cuz my husband's home and we're a little less intense about getting up and out of the house, so I'll eat breakfast at like I'll eat breakfast. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I don't eat breakfast. How about socially? How do you work in eating like that on a social basis? Do you find it difficult? Do you find are you being judged, or you just don't socialize? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Well, I do socialize. I do. I mean, there are days where I just like I just went out this past weekend, and we went to this place called the Meatball Shop, and I ate meatballs. <laughs> 
And I had ball shop. And he's a New Yorker. You better believe she she socializes. (laughs) And I and I had an ice cream sandwich and which is two huge cookies and a huge scoop of ice cream. And I thought I can do this. It's not something I do very often, but I definitely like I love food. So it's nice to have a good time with it. I do find when I'm on the road working, I'm really strict about eating then. And I make my own food. I take my own lunch. And I'm really, uh, I don't socialize so much when I'm on the road. Because then you tend to, you sit for eight hours. You then, you know, if you've got a bag of pretzels there, that's what you eat. And I don't. I take, you know, carrot chips or I take something. I take nuts and I and I take my lunch and put it in the fridge and so I'm really careful about that. Was it uh, was it difficult initially to make those transitions, like uh, getting rid of all those like inflammatory foods and stuff when when Lisa sort of guided you? <laughs> no, I literally switched gears like overnight over the course of a weekend. I literally just looked at what I needed to shop. I shopped it. I st- I I rearranged it. I keep um I do keep a food diary on um. My fitness pal, and like a, I still like love Gretchen, it. This is like a Gretchen Rubin dream, <laughs> right? Like, what, I, is, what does that make her like? Uh, for the, you know, according to her uh, distinctions, an upholder. She's, she's an upholder. upholder. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, she was yeah. told what she had to do, and she just did so it. So right? I just did or it. an obliger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it doesn't. Um, and I find now that I've done it for so long, if I if I like blow it out and eat a lot of carbs like a few days in a row, I just. I can't do it. I could. I don't. I. It's not comfortable. I can't comfortably do that right. very often. Well, it's not, I mean, it's a, you're in a pattern where you yeah. know it uh, serves your body. It makes you feel yeah. good, and you know that having some indulgences from time to time, whether it's yeah. meatball shop and ice cream it's sandwich, a treat. it's like yeah, you have the treat. And you yeah, get right back have on a the treat, saddle. and then I they get back in the saddle. That's reasonable. Yeah, your, bar, I think that, your body hardly notices it. Yeah, your, your body hardly. No, well, it will. It may notice it, but then you want to you want to quickly get back on the track yeah. that you're on. And yeah. I think that's the license. I think you you have to earn. Uh, if you want those meatball shops and those ice cream sandwiches and those uh, loose social engagements, you have to have a, a tremendous amount of discipline, which you've established for yeah. yourself. And it's you know like uh, going around to Gretchen Rubin. There, you know that was another thing: troubleshooting your own personality and how to actually get well, into works this. For but you. but yeah. the thing is, uh, one of the things I wanted to mention about. I mean, people don't see Annie on the podcast, but Annie, uh, you know, like, and this is. This is a female thing. What I found watching women over 50 uh, is having a lot of difficulty losing the weight in that midsection area. And Annie has done it. Like she has really, really significantly done what is a lot of people find to be impossible. And I think like uh, setting that goal and, you know, and working towards it is, uh, I think it's just worthy of just mentioning that it's attainable with, if you're, if you're ready to, pursue yeah you know the trouble well, let's say let's process. say it's possible because i don't know if it's attainable for everybody it may not be it may well, not but be, it, it's definitely possible if it doesn't happen if that particular thing losing your little pouch as as i hear it referred to a lot uh if if you if for some reason because you've had five kids and you can't lose that pouch um all is not lost i mean you're still eating a healthy lifestyle and and and, and you're health and you're healthy you know the thing that uh annie said at the beginning of the broadcast if you want to call it that, is uh, this. I realize that being stronger 
was being healthier. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that's a realization. That's a profound realization that her strength is what made her healthy. Uh, we we often try to get fit, and many times the, the exercise programs we choose to get fit actually do the opposite. They they undermine our health. And, and the fact that she said that being strong, avoiding sarcopenia, which is one of our early episodes we've done on this podcast, and all the problems that come from Arthritis. muscle loss and yeah. things like that, uh, you know, it's a profound statement for somebody in her position that hasn't been trained and schooled in sarcopenia and all that kind of stuff, just to say that she realized that her strength was her health, especially, and then, and then doing it in a safe way. So getting strong doesn't undermine your health, and I think that's uh, an important point to make and to kind of close with, although I do want to bring up one other thing that Mike brought up, which is not really about Annie and her success, but it, it's it's something that comes up and the word was used and that is plateau. I just want to mm. say something about plateaus for a second. It's only going to take me a minute. That is, I think plateaus uh, in, in some instances, in many instances, get a bad name. As if it's a bad thing that I plateaued. Yeah, we, we were just talking about this. We were just talking about this. positively. We were literally just talking about this. Before the podcast. That's so funny. So, I, so <laughs> tell, me, tell me what I say is actually what, yeah. what, what, what you were talking about. This is funny. Uh, so <laughs> it, it's kind of just an observation I make. I mean, the thing about plateau is, is if you come here, how long has it been, Annie? 15 years. All right, you're coming here 15 years. If you are realistically or... or uh, getting stronger every single time you came in here. You'd be like Arnold Schwarzenegger by now. There is a limitation to how strong you can get. Right. And, and and the real thing about plateaus... You'd be Captain America. And, and the analogy, <laughs> the, the analogy I make Woman. is when, when you're like a starving art, artist, right? And, and it, you can have trouble paying the rent. Every penny that you make counts. But when you're like a millionaire and a gazillionaire, and you don't ever have to worry about making money ever again, and you make some more money on top of that, it's almost like, who the hell cares? And the thing is this, when you're as strong as Annie has gotten, let's say- And has maintained. And maintained. Well, that's the point I'm making about Plateau is, I mean, let's say you're 200, 300, 400% stronger than you were. Like you said, you're stronger now than you were in your 30s, okay? And you've been maintaining that into your 60s now. All right, and you've been plateauing at this high level of strength for all this time. I'm thinking that's huge. That's great. That's plateau is not bad. The fact that, we, but and this is the other thing about plateaus also though, doesn't mean you stop trying to get stronger. That's that's the beauty of this. You keep trying. You keep trying to get strong. You keep looking at your results. You you still exert patience and you still tweak. You know, and it's really cool to really see if you can get it higher. Why not? You know, you're here. And it just reminds me, and I don't want to set limitations either. Even though we know there are theoretical limitations that we all have, who wants to set those limitations? Because it reminds me of when the four-minute mile was broken, right? What's the guy's name? Bannister? Was that the guy who broke the four-minute mile? The first one, yeah. All right. So, like, before he broke it, the first guy to break it, no one thought it could be done. As soon as Bannister broke it, all of a sudden, all these people started breaking it soon after because the belief was there that it can be done. So I don't want to ever set limitations that you can't get so strong. You're at your plateau. And I don't really want to talk about plateaus too much because that can be a self-fulfilling prophecy that, you know, but at the same time, it's not a bad word, especially if you're like 300% stronger than you were in your 30s. And, and well, I think it's coupled with the expectation 
of where you would be if you did not do any strength training when you're 67 years old. Right. Like, like where would she be? The where would I be? That yeah, we were, we were talking, talking about, about that. Like, if you draw a line, it, like, say Annie Wrightson lifts 100 pounds when she's 30, 30 years old at whatever exercise. And at 40, she lifts 100. And at 50, she lifts 100. And at 60, she lifts 100. And at, and 70, at 70, she, she lifts, lifts 100. 100. The thing is, mm -hmm. if she wasn't doing so that strength training, so that's a training, good plateau. They, she'd be declining. Yeah, you're not and losing things, strength. What really yeah. is the increase is the delta between where the decline would be and where the plateau is. I don't know if people can understand that mm -hmm. through a podcast, but delta, that is delta is change. Yeah. Okay. But that's uh, and but that that percentage which is below the plateau line, between the plateau line and where you probably may have been lifting or if you didn't do any strength training or what you possibly could have done if you weren't strength training. That's the big thing that we have it's to It's alarming. Because that's why that siren is. Yes. Well, exactly. Also yeah. on, the, on the whole topic of plateauing, you can talk about that as far as, you know, just getting older and people saying, Oh, forget it. I'm never going to, you know, lose that belly fat. I'm never going to look as good as I'm never going to feel good again. And I'm kind of on that. My own journey started with that, you know, in the last month and I hired a nutritionist. And so Annie, you are an inspiration to me because it's like, no, I'm going to look the best I can at my age. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. You know, I don't have to settle for look, well, I'm just going to have to deal with this. I'm going to just slowly gain more weight and, you know, slowly have to buy more clothes. And, you know, anyway, I just wanted to say I'm very happy to meet you. And I think that you're an inspiration to women, especially. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Bravo. It's true. Thank you, Annie. Thank you very much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Certainly. Much appreciation to 15-year Inform Fitness client and Tony Award nominee, Ann Wrightson, for sharing her health journey with us here on the Inform Fitness Podcast. As Sheila mentioned, she is truly an inspiration and a living testimony for this slow-motion, high-intensity strength training protocol offered at seven Inform Fitness locations across the U.S. To find one near you, click on over to informfitness.com. The website is chock full of entertaining and educational blog posts written by Adam. You can also see what Adam, Mike, and Sheila actually look like in their trainer bios and the videos. And we invite you to head on over to Amazon to pick up Adam's book, Power of 10, The Once-A-Week Slow-Motion Fitness Revolution. The book itself is only about 13 bucks, and you can download the Kindle version for less than 8 Inside the book, you'll find nutritional tips and exercises that can be performed anywhere, even if you are not near an informed fitness location. All right, so next week, Mike Rogers will be sharing a very personal story about resiliency. We'll discuss how this type of workout can not only keep you healthy into your golden years, but could possibly even save your life. Make sure you're with us for that one. Until then, for Adam, Mike, and Sheila with Informed Fitness, I'm Tim Edwards with the Inbound Podcasting Network.